0: Hi there and welcome to this week's Net Weekly Podcast. So maybe July and school, summer holidays and all the rest of it, but the football's back, the World Cup's gone, the proper stuff is, is, is back and we're all looking at the Rangers games again. Uh, Obviously, we had a result there last week against Shikupi. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Pete will correct me, no doubt, if I'm not. Uh, So we'll have a look at that. We'll have a look at uh, the performances overall and see how the boys are feeling about uh, the games against Shikupi last week. We'll also look at the tie coming up against NK Osijek. Again, I don't know. I'm hopeless at pronouncing these things. Uh, But they're from Croatia, and we face them next week. So we'll have a wee look at that. We'll also have another look. We've touched on it earlier on uh, in another podcast, but we'll have another wee update on the transfers, ins and outs, and we'll also have another look at the off-field stuff, uh, Sports Direct, and the takeover panels ruling with Dave King. Joining me tonight is uh, Stuart Franklin, the gaffer. Uh, how are you doing, Stuart? Very well, mate. <laughs> Take your time there. <laughs> oh, so, uh,
1: for some reason, my keyboard wasn't letting me unmute, so that's that was the problem there. Uh, I uh, was, very well, thanks.
0: Good, good, good. Did you enjoy your holiday? I know you were away. Yes, it was excellent. Uh, delighted to be back speaking to you guys. Hmm. Ah, you sound delighted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also joining us for a second time, uh, we were initially supposed to have Ross Bennett, but he couldn't. He couldn't make it. He pulled a sickie at the last minute. Uh, so stepping in is uh, Stephen Clifford from the blog, Four Lads Had A Dream. Uh, how are you doing, Stephen?
2: Hi, how are you doing, guys? all right?
0: Not bad, not bad. Your accent's still flowery, I see.
2: Yeah, that'll never change. My face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, we might as well get straight into it. Before we start on the main topics, I think I sh- should give a wee mention to David Hagan. Obviously, it was announced earlier on in the week that he's... He's been diagnosed with motor neuron disease, which is obviously tragic news. Uh, David joined Rangers in 1992. He played 20 competitive games for the club and he was obviously part of that famous 92-93 side. Uh, I think he played in quite a few of the Champions League games that year. We were the first British side to compete in the newly formed Champions League. We had 10 games that season, undefeated, and we went on to win the treble. And he was part of that squad and, and, and played quite a few games that season. He left Rangers in 1994 on to play for Harps, Falkirk, Livingston, Clyde, Peterhead, and finished his career in the juniors at Bowness United. Obviously, the thoughts of everyone here at Gersnet is with David and his family at this difficult time. Uh, obviously, in the back of the Fernando and thing as well, it feels it feels pretty horrible, guys. I'm sure he's all agree.
1: Yeah, all the best to David and his family.
2: Yeah, if I could just say on that, the um, Rangers' former um, players' benevolent fund of uh, a club have set up a fund for david um and it's basically um to try and raise some money for his he's got a very young family so if the rangers support could have a look at that it's a just given site the links are on um the four lads website i think or they're very available on twitter and things like that if the guys can go in even if we could just give a couple of pounds to help david as i said he was part of the nine in a row squad and he was a treble winner and things Hopefully we can all rally round and try and help him and his family, especially with such young children at this
0: time. Yeah, I've noticed that there's there's been a few dinners and all that organised as well. So yeah, I'd agree with that. Absolutely. If you can get on those links and give what you can to help David at this obviously forty five year old is the same age as me. It's it's a very, very young age to to face such a, a sort of traumatic experience. Right, we'll move on to tonight's uh, topics. Firstly, the, the, the game against Shikupi. Guys, am I pronouncing that right? <laughs> I've got to be honest, I'm not quite sure. Uh, Stuart, I'll come to you first. Um, obviously, the, the game at Ibrox, that uh, was a bit of a hard sort of slog, but we got there. The away leg, much of a muchness, missing a lot of chances, wasted a few chances, but I, I thought defensively we looked sound. What was your overall thoughts, the, the two games against uh, Shikupi?
1: Well, first and foremost, I think we've got to be pleased that we're through. and It's job done. And um, this early in the season, I don't think you can expect any spectacular performances and six, seven nil wins, um, no matter the opposition. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I think if you do what the manager's done and go from the back forward, um, then in terms of his signing so far and how he's trying to change the team, then I, th- I think he'll be happy as well. Um, obviously the defence did pretty good over the two legs I think it set pieces ropey once or twice and uh we got quite fortunate late in the game in the second leg when Al McGregor had to make a great save after uh, Conor Goldson got sort of caught in position and the guy got in behind him um, further forward in the team we weren't quite as effective midfield were okay um, up front we, we obviously wasted a lot of chances and and uh, if, it, if we're taking these chances, I think that the tie would have been a lot more comfortable. So it was a bit of shame that that we we're, were unable to do that. But yeah, job done. So pretty happy.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I think we look like a side that's a work in progress. I think defensively, we looked fairly solid. Middle to the front, I, I, I think there's a, obviously a bit of tweaking to be done there. Stephen, coming to yourself, what were, the, what were the big positives for you coming out of, the, out of those two ties? I, I found them both, Fairly hard watches, to to be honest, but I mean, obviously it's an early stage of the season. But what was the main positive that you, that you took from the from the two games?
2: First and foremost, that we're through. I think we tend to give ourselves a bit of a hard time. If you look at some of the results um, from the, the ties, there is a few shocks in there and it does happen, we know, because it happened to us last year. So we can be pleased we're through, we've negotiated a potentially tricky tie, although I don't think it'll be as tricky as the as the one we're about to face in the next round. But positives for me, two clean sheets. Um there was bits of play that looked good. Um defensively, we've got a, a, what looks to be a pretty solid back four. Um goalkeeper speaks for himself. I'm a massive McGregor fan, as we've touched on last time we were here. He looks he looks just as good as he's always gonna be. So we bit of tweaking still to be done further up the field, but I think we've got to be happy. You know, we're through. It's like you guys were saying. It's very much job done. Yeah, there was a gravy as well. There was bits and pieces, but if we we take our chances. Then it's, it's it's better than than what we actually got. So yeah, I'm happy overall. We're through, and like you guys also said, this is a work in progress. We a lot of people expected that we would turn up and blow them away. To win any game at home in Europe two 0 and go away and get a clean sheet is a good result, no matter who you're facing. So I'll take the. I always tend to take the positives, and that's what I took out of it.
0: Again, I I, I would agree. I mean, even if you base it on the the shambles against Progress last season, you know, we've we've went one step further than that. And touching on what I said earlier on, defensively, I thought we looked sound. There was a couple of wee things that sort of Frankie touched on earlier on, a couple of wee scares here and there. But overall, I I was frustrated at times during the game because at times it looked like we were struggling to break them down. But I don't think we ever looked like we were going to lose the game, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I, I, I... I can't disagree with much that you've said there. I think there's obviously improvements that we can, we can look to install in the, in the squad and, and, and in the team in general. But overall, I think you've got to take the positives out of it. Sure, coming back to you, was there anything, any sort of major concerns from, from the two games that you think that this is something that really needs to be addressed?
1: Well, I think i are finishing again. I mean, in general, I think the biggest disappointment for me was the fact that we're still very similar To what we were last season, um, and that we're really, really inconsistent. Um, For five minutes a game, we could in any game we look, we can look really good, and then the following five minutes we can look really poor. It's really frustrating that we're unable to keep a sort of a momentum up or a pace of the game up for ninety minutes. In the second leg, you could understand that to a certain extent. It was a warm evening. Uh, we were two nil up, so effectively we're trying to protect the lead. Uh, although we we still created chances, we, we weren't we didn't exactly attack in a gung ho way. I think um, I thought McCrory and, and Jack did okay, Jack especially. Um, but they weren't exactly exciting in the, in the range of passing. They kept it simple, which was probably sensible, and I'm sure that was under the instruction of the manager. But I, I think um, we really need to try and be a bit more attacking, a bit more direct in our play, and add a bit more pace to it. In this game, we got away with it because, I mean, I think we've got to be honest with ourselves, Scoopy, they were, they were awful. They were really, really poor and it would have been really, really frustrating to have even lost a goal against them. Um But the next team, you know, the Creations, are going to be a, a big step up, I'd say. Um I don't think they were particularly impressive. I watched part of their, their second leg the other night there and they didn't look great either defensively. So I think we'll, we'll have opportunities. Um It'll be interesting to see how we set up on Thursday with, with being away from home first. As I say, Generally, I'm pretty happy. Um, I think we've got to realise that it's early in the season. It's early in uh, uh, a new manager's reign. It's the same for new players. And I think we're gradually getting there. Um, We just hope that we can do that and keep winning at the same time.
0: Again, there's not much that I could disagree with there, sure. The one thing I found frustrating was the tempo. You sort of touched on that there. I, I, I found middle to front at times. We were really, really plodding. Didn't move the ball about quick enough, and I think that's what frustrated me. So that's something I that has to be worked on. I think, but I know it was only a friendly, but the the friendly against uh, Barry, I I, I I think they, they moved the ball about quite quickly that night, but it just never happened against uh, Scoopy. So yeah, need to work in that. I think another thing that really frustrated me was, and I, and I think it's been a a running concern for a while, is Alberto Morelos, Stephen. I'll, I'll come to you in this. Is time running out in this guy? Because it, it, it frustrates the hell out of me. Because there's times he, he looks like a genuine player, like, you know, he really could do a job for Rangers. And then there's other times he just he can't head, he can't shoot, he can't pass. And he's got a right sort of petulant, huffy look in his face. And, and I just I just wonder if time's running out for him.
2: Is time running out for him in the first team as a first choice pick? Then the answer is absolutely yes. One thing that um touching on the on the game there on, on Thursday night in the nil 0 was, was Gerard's um post match interview with Rangers Taylor. Two minutes um it, it lasted and in that time he's, he mentioned three times how disappointed he was in our attacking play. Um he won't name individuals, but um there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that um Morelos will be Getting told. The previous week um, and the, the victory at Ibrooks, Morelos got a bit of a bollocking in the dressing room for the last 10 minutes, his petulance, and also remember he got cautioned. So I don't think he's going to get away with what he got away with last year. And Gerard will very quickly remove him from the side if he continues with what you were saying. It's, it's, sometimes you watch him and he just looks like he's not even interested. He looks like a player that he knows. Well, nobody's coming on for me, so I can do whatever I want. And it's such a shame because he's so he's become like a, an enigma, a frustration. Because that guy that started the first six months that, that that scored the wonderful goals away at Easter Road when he turned his defender inside out and belted it home—that that he doesn't even look like he's capable. Or what's even more worrying is that he doesn't even look like he's interested anymore. But we know how good he can be and we need to try and hope that he is ready to get back into that frame of mind. So, to sum up your your question, is his time limited? Then yeah, I think first team pick-wise, is his time limited at Rangers? Depends if we can get an offer for him. I don't think there's any way that a a proper offer comes in and we're saying no. There's been no interest this summer despite the the Fenerbahce rumours they were nonsense. So, at the moment, all we can hope for is Alfredo gets his head back in the game because we really need him firing instead of the the performances we're watching at the moment. That's for sure.
0: Sure, I'll bring you in because you've been quite positive about Mariales in the past, and I, and I get and I get why. As I said earlier, there have been times when you think if if, if he got his head straight, he could be a real asset to the club. Uh, but it's it's just getting so hard to put up a a case for him now.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right, Colin. It's it's. He's a really frustrating character. Um, I think sometimes on the TV, though, you don't see everything that happens at a game. Um, and I, I was on holiday for the the first leg, of the Scunthorpe uh, game, and, and obviously we we're all most of us were watching the game TV for the second leg. And I, th- I think that the service to else has been pretty poor at times. I don't think we get the ball f- uh, forward quick enough, um, and certainly in the second leg. Uh, so I can understand why, why I was a bit frustrated there, but. In terms of his finishing, I mean, in the second leg, it, it looked like he'd never headed the ball before. There was two or three times that had put on excellent crosses and, and I think all three times it, it was like the, the equivalent of a, a, a sclaf with his head when he was trying to go for the ball, when he even he did go for the ball sometimes he didn't even go for it when he should have or he didn't anticipate the fact that the defender wasn't going to get it and and that's where it's it's hard to defend the guy um, where I will defend him is the fact that he's had to play a lot of football in the last um, sort of year to 18 months uh, I think that excuse is, is wearing thin now though because he's, he's had a four weeks holidays and and uh, and a full pre-season uh, but I think I think where we've let him down is the fact that Huff it's like like um, Stevie mentioned there we've not had anybody else to play up front at all so it's all going through Morelos he has to work hard he has to work the channels the amount of times we see him out on the left and the right hand side when he should be in the box and nobody else even seems to make the run into the box so even though Morelos comes wide does quite good work in the channel there's nobody for him to actually give the ball to in a more forward position so I can understand why he gets frustrated but at the same time um, I think uh, his, his attitude and um, his just as standard the play isn't it good enough. Certainly inside the box, out, in and around the box, it's, no, it's still doing not, not a bad job of linking the play. But um, I think the quicker we can get Sadiq fit um, and available and playing, um, the quicker that um, Alfredo's own attitude and uh, contribution will, will improve, hopefully.
0: Well, I, I would hope so as well. I, I, that's the one thing, when, when Gerard arrived, I thought, well, if anyone's going to, you know, batter the nonsense it'll, it'll, it'll be Steven Gerrard. I, I do think, the sort of Steven hinted on earlier on, that he was given a wee bit of uh, a few run last season and, and not really challenged. I, I found him, we'll come on to Jason Cummins leaving the club later on in the show, but I, I found him quite an unhelpful strike partner to Jason Cummins. It, 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 it looked like he didn't want him to be there. And I just, I just think he got away with far too much. I find it interesting you mentioned the two headers there because he's, he's got previous on that. The, the, the misses that he had at Celtic Park eh, a while back, one was, was shocking, absolutely shocking. So there are definitely kinks in his game, and I think a lot of these kinks are eh, related to his attitude. You know, I think if he could get his head straight and concentrate in his game and become more, more of a team player, then. I think we would see a far better player, but I, I have to say, I fear that, that that's not what's going to happen. But I suppose time will tell. <sighs> Moving on, getting away from Morelos and the, the, the tie against uh, Choupé or whatever you want to call them. We're obviously through. We're in the next round. And we've got the Creations, NK what's the Jack? Am I pronouncing that right,
2: guys? Oh, I'm not going to try and... <laughs> Aye, I'm not Aye. going to try and
0: better it, so fire on. The, the Croatians. The Croatians, yes, yes. Uh, by the way, I was supporting them last Sunday in the World Cup final. I thought they were they, thought they were robbed. But anyway, I had a wee look. I was sort of on doing a wee bit of research today. I mean, in terms of their European pedigree, it's it's fairly limited a couple of times in uh, the old UEFA Cup and I think the first of all was the sort of third round. Uh, They've done... They put PSV out last season, though, so they, they 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 sort of pulled a shot last season. So I think it could be a, a tricky tie. A, a, you know, it could has got the potential to give us a black eye. Stephen, what's your thoughts on on the on the ties coming up? Do you, do you think we've got a good chance of progressing
2: Yeah, we'll beat them home and away. I'm very confident of that.
0: Oh, well, not with that. Then,
2: <laughs> do
0: you want to elaborate on that a wee bit?
2: I just I don't know I I mean I suppose that I am very optimistic that every game that we see Rangers under Gerrard, we're going to see a bit more improvement. I like um, Stuart was talking about earlier on. I I sat and watched them on Thursday night. They had a, a tricky sort of left winger. He's a bit a bit fast, but I thought they were all over the place at the back. There was plenty of holes, plenty of room, and I just feel that I just feel that the game's there to be won. Um, I'm confident that we'll do the business I, d- I don't know why sometimes you get a feeling um, obviously we'll look back on this same uh, moment on, on Thursday night Friday morning and see how right it was but I'm confident heading into Thursday that um, we'll we'll get the right result and then take them back to Ibrox and finish the job
1: sure you feeling confident I wouldn't say confident. Certainly I was confident in Stevie. Um, Like him, I I try to be as positive as I can. Um, But at the same time, I I don't think I can ignore the fact that we're so sloppy at times against Scoopy. So, however, if if we can eradicate that from our play, take the chances that we get, improve generally, then I I don't see any reason why we can't go through Um, the away game first. Some people like that as an advantage because you can grab a, an away goal and it, it can make uh, the home game seem seem easier. Uh, can we win on Thursday? Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't. There's any doubt about it. If we play well, or certainly play to the, the, as well as we can. Um, I don't know if we had a game at the weekend. I never heard any chat about sort of uh, closed door friendlies or anything like that, which was a bit of a surprise to me. I, I thought we would have been looking to to certainly up the, the match fitness of some players, especially the uh, Koulibaly and and Sadiq. Um, so, I don't know. I I, I don't know enough about the creation guys to to really uh, analyse them fairly. Uh, I can only do say the same as what Stevie said, that they looked a bit poor at the back. So, I, I think we'll have plenty of chances and it'll be up to Morelos, Sadiq, Murphy, Windas, whoever you want to choose to just to take these chances.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of, kind of similar. I, I think something needs to be remembered when it, when it comes to, you know, the, the European campaign, you know, everything that happened, you know, the financial catastrophe and, you know, tumbling down the leagues and not having any European football for a number of years. I think that has, has impacted on, on it, basically our ability to play in Europe because what had previously happened was the club would essentially qualify for Europe year in, year out. So you would have players, if, if someone signed for the club, coming in new to to sort of that standard of football. There was enough players in that squad with experience to carry them through until they got the experience that they needed to play at that level. We've not had that. It's almost like a fresh start in in terms of Europe because pretty much most of these guys have have never really played at at this sort of level. So, and I think it brings a bit of different pressure and I think it will take time to build up. I, I still think we can beat this team. But I, I do think it's worth remembering that, you know, we had four, five, six years there when we went in European football. And any time I've watched clubs down in England who haven't qualified for Europe for a while, when they come back into it, they find it tough because that knowledge that they had previously, the players who'd played in that sort of environment, is gone. You know, it's been, all those players have moved on. It's new players that are coming in that, that haven't had that experience. So I, I think it takes a, a, a while For for a club to get used to that again, Stephen, coming back to yourself, if we get round, if we get through this stage, I, I believe we've got another two qualifying stages and then we would make the group stage. Are you confident of that, or do you think that might be, you know, too much at this point?
2: It depends on the draw, doesn't it? I mean, my hopes for Europe this year was that we would avoid a disaster like pretty much what happened last year. So and, and I wanted that if if we were to go out, we were to go out to somebody of a decent standard. I'm pretty sure that um the next qualifiers, if we managed to get past the Croatian team that they would be a bit trickier. Um so for me it's just is it are we capable? Yeah. I mean I'm always gonna optimistically say we're always capable. Um can we do it? Yeah, I think we can do it realistically it depends on our draw if we go out to a team of a decent standard and maybe the third or the fourth qualifier then yeah put that down to a good experience under Gerrard and let's hope we can get into the groups next year in the Champions League when we win the league this year and then we'll go from there
0: Yeah Stuart would you agree with that?
1: Yeah it's pretty tough Um, not just for us for Celtic uh, Aberdeen I mean they've got a particularly tough draw against Burnley so I think everybody uh, Scott Brown and Doug, have been asking why we can't improve our coefficient. Well, Firstly, the national team are struggling, and then our club teams haven't been doing great. I mean, even last year, Celtic did get to the group stages and and lost over 20 goals in the process. Um, I don't think they were complaining too much when the millions of pounds were were rolling in.
0: But that's all it is is to them, Stuart. I genuinely think for Scottish clubs, getting to the group stages of the Champions League is considered a success now.
1: Well, um,
0: I think once they're there, they don't bother about the results. It's just about the money.
1: Yeah, and um, I, th- I think I, c- I can understand that to certain extent. Maybe with the Europa League, the, the opposition might be seen as weaker. And um, looking at the, the teams that we can face in the draw tomorrow and uh, and in and, and the next round, um, it's, it's difficult to call teams like Zenith Zenit, St Petersburg weak. But um, we're, we're Rangers, and I thought you didn't want to be arrogant or. Condescending. We're a, a team with a lot of history, and and we should be using that history and self-belief and confidence. And, and, and a manager like Stephen Gerrard to to really say, like, let's let's go and beat teams like Scoopy, Let's go and beat teams like the Creations on Thursday. And whoever whoever else wants to come and play us, come and play us, and we'll give you a game rather than worrying about getting beat and losing goals. Let's take the game to to these teams and and try and discover the, the form that we, we've seen in uh, days gone by. I mean, even it was like 10 years ago that we were in the, the Europa League Cup final, remember, so we can do it. Um, times have changed a lot since then. The team's a lot different, but I, I, I don't think we need to be negative all the time. Realistic, sure, but I think we'll have to be positive as well. Absolutely.
0: Uh, and I, I sort of agree with Steven you, but I think the draw would have, have a lot to do with it. But if I'm being honest, I... I having a look at it, I, I just I just think maybe the group stages is a bit much to hope for this season. I think uh I might be wrong, I hope I'm proved wrong, but and uh, it ultimately it might prove something that goes in their favour if we don't make the group stages because then we can focus on the league campaign and, and try and, and try and give that shower out of the road a, a challenge for the title, you know. So we'll see what comes out of it next week and we look forward to it. Right, moving on, we'll have a wee look at uh, the transfers and in, in and out of the club over the summer. We had a wee look at this earlier on uh, in our first podcast back after the pre-season, uh, but there's been some movement since then, so we thought we'd have another wee quick discussion about it. Uh, funnily enough, there was there was the arrival today of Ryan Kent on loan from Liverpool, so we'll probably start with him first. Again, done a wee bit of research today about him. Um, uh, he's a winger, age 21. Uh, he, he signed for another thing. He was moved out and loaned from Liverpool in 2015 to Coventry City, where he made 17 appearances and scored one goal. He was only there for about half a year. 2016 seems to have been his best season. 16, 17, he moved out to loan to Barnsley, and he made 44 appearances, so he seems to have been fairly consistent on the appearances front. Scored three goals and was voted as their Young Player of the Year. 2017, he went to Germany. Uh, but he was only there for six appearances and the loan was terminated. Rumour has it he stayed too close to Pete, he didn't enjoy it, so he he came back home. And in 2018, he was sent out at Christmas there uh, to Bristol City on loan. So his career stats are 82 appearances in total, four goals. I've got some comments here from former teammates and a former manager, which seem quite positive. Uh, his former teammate at Coventry, Jim O'Brien says he's one of the most exciting players I've ever seen, he can go past people as if they're not there, if he gets his final ball right, which he should because he's at a good club like Liverpool uh, he can achieve anything he wants and his manager last season at Bristol City, Lee Johnson said uh, Ryan is a great player, if he told me he was coming through our academy as a 20 year old, I'd tell you he was going to be a £10 million player in the next few years Sure, uh, the, the movements in and out. I, I, obviously, we discussed this earlier on, but there's been more movements since then. Uh, obviously, Ryan Kent's arrived, uh, Sadiq's arrived, there's that other guy, Lasana Kubli. Am I pronouncing that right?
1: So say, I'm, I'm, I'm no expert,
0: mate. <laughs> <laughs> no one or anybody else wants to host us when we've got these pronunciations. Right, so. Uh, there's been a bit, a bit more action in terms of the players coming in, so I think I think we'll talk about them first. We'll start with Ryan Kent. What, what did you think of that today? You just arrived earlier on today.
1: I think um, the more uh, cre- creativity we have in the, the squad, the, the better. I mean, um, I think that the guy can play on both flanks, so that's good. Because um, in the two games that I've seen so far, the, the scoopy matches, that, um, Gerard's formation and system seems pretty fluid. Um, I mean it started in the first game I had Windass on the right hand side the second game I had him on the left Murphy's drifted in, in and out uh, from the wide areas in, into more central areas and even Morelos as I said earlier he can sometimes uh, move out to the flanks as well and, and, and uh, Candias I think he's I don't think he's done very well actually in the two games so far which is a bit of shame after a good season last year but um, I think, as I say, there's there's a lot of um, sort of fluidity in in the uh, in the side, and I think um, Ryan Kent will give us more of that. I mean, he's a bit more direct. He's got a bit of pace. Sure, his his career hasn't perhaps taken off as much as we would like. The, the loan deals have been somewhat inconsistent. Um, we can only hope that he, he, he does well um, at, at Rangers. Um, and a, I'd like to also say I hope he doesn't get too much game time to the detriment of somebody like Glenn Middleton. However, I think I think Middleton's still pretty raw, actually, from what I've seen. So um, Kent's a wee bit older, so he hopefully have, and he's obviously had a bit more first team experience. So so yeah, they, it's an encouraging signing. Um, I hope we, can, we can only wait and see.
0: Stephen, um, I mean, obviously we've not seen Ryan Kent yet, and there's a couple of other players who haven't uh, made made the. Obviously, with the game, the, the friendly that we had in the two European times. So, we've not had a, a chance to sort of run the rule over everyone. But of, of what you've seen so far, eh, who's impressed you the most of, of, of Gerard's signings?
2: Yeah, it's got, got to be the defenders. I think that um, Conor Golden looks every bit like a £3.5 million player, which is big money for us these days. So, he looks strong. He looks commanding. He looks controlled. Interesting, there was a, a cross ball in the um, second leg there on Thursday night, and he managed to clear it almost up to the halfway line, which started an attack for us. Um, and that's the kind of presence we need. I've also been hugely impressed at left-back by John Flanagan. Um, I think he looks a wee bit more unfit than the other boys does, so he might take them a wee bit longer to get up to speed. But um, I think he looks solid. He's good in the tackle. And something I like about John Flanagan is that a couple of times that our players have been taken out, um, he is right there in the next phase of play and he makes sure that that person knows all about it. And I think we've missed that. I think that Flanagan will be a very astute performer for Rangers. Um, aside of that, obviously, as I touched on this before, brilliant to have Allen back in nets again. He is... It's just such a massive upgrade on what we've had. And I don't mean that to be sound bad towards them. But, Alan, I mean, it showed you we save in the last minute and things like that there the other night. I think that McGregor is capable of the brilliant saves, capable of of leading the side from the back. So, defensively, we look good. I thought that Jarry looked he had a good wee cameo the other night. But it's still early days. Um, one thing I would say on... Um, Sadiq and Koulibaly is that um obviously have been able to kinda of ask what they've been like in training and things like that. And Koulibaly's actually made a massive impression on everybody. And he's the one that um people are, are talking about and looking at um, from our training ground and saying that this boy is going to be our our signing of the of the summer. So that's hugely positive. He's a big guy, he's combative. And he just breaks it up. He's tough in the tackle and he just bullies people. And that is what we've been missing from our midfield. So although we haven't seen him, although we're taking other people's word for it, I am hugely excited about this guy. Um, Don't know much about Sadiq. 10 goals and 16 in Holland for NEC Breeder last season. He's going to be a bit of a a kind of unknown. So we're going to have to just see what what comes of that and comes of him. But one thing for sure, is that currently he's he's walking into that team ahead of Morellos in his current form. So there's there's definite chances for him to stake a place and Koulibaly. As for Ryan Kent, can't really say much more than what they, what you've already said, Stuart, before. One thing that is worth noting is that um he's not coming as a squad player. Ryan Kent's coming to start for Rangers week in, week out. So somebody's dropping out, so whether it's Murphy or whether it's Candeeus. These guys have now got to be on top of their game because Ryan Kent is starting. He's coming as a starter for Rangers and not a squad where these people are are expecting. So management have obviously got high hopes for him. Um, let's hope that it's 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 going to be a good loan signing and good move for everyone. Um, he wasn't one of the ones that, that I thought we initially might get winger wise. It was maybe thinking Ben Woodburn, maybe Harry Wilson, but Ryan Kent was somebody that was mentioned much earlier in the summer transfer window so yeah positive he's here like everybody else I trust Gerard to to get the players that he wants so it's just about hopefully settling in and and Rangers getting the best possible response from them while they're in the first team
0: Sure I mean obviously Stephen's sort of highlighted some things that are getting seen behind the the doors in terms of training and stuff like that and players that we've not yet seen and had a chance to sort of run the rule over but is there any area of the park at the moment that you feel drastically needs addressed we I've maybe touched on this earlier on with you know Morelos and stuff like that but I mean personally speaking I think Rangers have lacked a spine for a long while I think that defensive spine has been sorted I think again as Steven Steven's hinted at earlier McGregor and the two centre-halves are a massive improvement in what we've had is there any other area of the park that you think Rangers really need to strengthen on before we before we go for 55?
1: I think we're still need a striker, and I said that four weeks ago when I was on the last time after um, after the, the, the close season there, and obviously since then we've brought in Sadiq, so we've only got Sadiq and Morelos. Morelos, as we discussed, is is off form. Only two games into the season so that's maybe a bit harsh but if we, if we take the, his uh, form before the, the, the end of last season as well um, Sadiq's a, a bit of an unknown for us um, he might come in and do fantastic um, but he's still young um, ok he had a season uh, half a season in Holland and he seemed to do pretty well and um, but so, I'd like to still see us sign another striker. I don't think having two strikers is, is enough. Um, Zach Ruddin, by all accounts, did quite well in, in the, uh, the pre-season uh, training camp. And anytime you I know, see him play, he looks pretty good, uh, pretty sharp. But he's obviously still probably a bit too raw to really um, expect him to, to contribute um, on a regular basis. But if you think about it just now, if, if Morelos was to pick up an injury, then we've only got Sadiq. And one striker's not enough, so we definitely need another one. Uh, I think I, I did touch on the fact in, in, in the, uh, the last podcast it was on I, I think I think we do have a striker in mind. Um, I, I think we're just waiting until the, uh, the English uh, squads are finalised before we, we're able to bring that person in. Um, there's a bit of gamble in that because you're having to wait until August uh, before, before we can do it. So I can understand. But if, as long as the um, it's the right person uh, the right fee um, I'm not sure if we can bring another loan player in or where from uh, but uh, it may be worth the gamble in the long run uh, in terms of the rest of the team uh, fairly, fairly happy I think we could do a bit more uh, maybe creativity in the, in the middle of the park but uh, for me Ajaria has done quite well I think he looks pretty good he's quite strong on the ball he seems fairly confident and direct um, I think our field's been unlucky with he's injured Koulibaly Stephen's touched on and I'm also I, I'm looking forward to getting Ross at her back fit um. Maybe a bit of a misnomer not enough uh, that, but if if we can't get the good luck start, with man. that one, I, if, <laughs> honestly, I, I I've seen him play a few times so I think he's a really really good player. He's really good at possession. He's strong, and I thought um, in the, the, the five each game against Hibs, he was he was our best yeah, player. Yeah, really he really bad, stood yeah. out even in the first half. The first twenty five minutes we were over three nil down. He was still probably the only player that could really say, well, I'm actually trying to do my job. And so it's really it's a real shame that we're unable to get that laddie fit and keep him fit. Um, is he creative? Probably not. So um, he's another guy that you're, you're sort of got to sit a bit deeper. So I think um, I know Steve gets uh, asked about it on a daily basis about Stephen Davis. Uh, it might not happen with him, but I think that's the sort of type of player we're looking for: an experienced guy um, who's a winner, um, knows the Scottish leagues, maybe or certainly the British football. And he can and somebody that can supply goals and chances for the strikers that we do play.
0: I would agree with that and I would I would take Stephen Davis in a heartbeat if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think he's a great player. I think he would instantly become the the, the best midfielder in Scotland if we, if we got him. Looking at the players going out, eh, obviously I was a wee bit disappointed that they couldn't find an agreement for for Jason Cummins. I know lots of people think he wasn't good enough, but as I said earlier, I thought he had an unhelpful strike partner in, in Commons. Uh, sorry, in Morelos, and I, and I think under someone like Gerard, I think Cummins might have done a job for Rangers. So I was quite sad to see him go. Stephen, is there anyone at the club? I mean, Bruno Alves is away on a free. Forrester said his contract terminated. Herrera's away to Santos Laguna on a on on loan, I believe. Is, is there anyone else who's still there that you think we need to move out before the transfer window closes?
2: Yeah, there's definitely people that we need to move out. I think there will be people leaving quite quickly. Uh, I think Lee Hodgson, last i heard, um, is extremely close to agreeing a termination of his contract similar to what Harry Forrester has just had. Um, he is surplus to requirements. He's nowhere near the standard required. And I, I don't, I don't sit here and I don't want to swag the guy or anything, I think he's an honest pro but he's just not at the level where we need to be um, next up I think you're looking at the of Fabio Cardoso as well he has already um, moved out of his flat he has his girlfriend's way back home he has stopped his lease in his car and everything else, so he by all accounts from what we're hearing is he as soon as we get our centre half in the door he's getting released as well so I think it's very much a case of these guys are front off the, the, other, the other news that I had depended on, on what you want to believe is that we are actively looking to put Wes them out um, a lot of people have said between 2 and 3 million I think closer to half a million than Wes Fordringham will be gone um, there's there's no desire now at Rangers to, to keep Wes um, Jack Anik's going to be number 2 Looking at Robbie McCrory going out on loan and Aidan McManus will will provide a a third goalie should we need it and if anybody needs to step up. Aside of that, others that are leaving off the top of my head, I I still think we're too heavy in midfield. Obviously, Doc's going to be going out on loan. That's something we'll probably talk about in a bit. I still think we're too too light for like in there. I don't think there's a necessary to have Koulibaly, McCrory, Ryan Jack for example I don't think we need all these guys I think we're too similar um, so might we see one one other go out in midfield possibly um, there's always the question marks over the future of, of Josh Windas and Alfredo Morelos uh, if these offers do come in I'll, I'll repeat what I said all summer I, I don't see us being difficult to deal with for any player that we've got in our squad aside to the guys that have just been brought in one of the two might be we want to keep but you're talking about bids of 3-4 million for the likes of Josh Windass etc then he'll be gone similarly West, West Ford is going to be away. these guys I don't think I don't think there's any danger that Rangers will be will be difficult to deal with so yeah I mean I still think although there has been a lot of ins and outs something I've always said as well is we're going to have a massively high turnover and I don't I still think there's at least another th- another three coming in and there's at least another five or six going out the door. So there's plenty of, of movement still to happen.
0: Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned Greg Docker there because yeah, I'm I'm going to start talking about him now, but I'll go back to what you mentioned there about Rez. About I mean, obviously there was a news earlier, earlier this week that uh, Ycom is, is about to move for about five million and obviously a lot of Rangers supporters have went into sort of overdrive in terms of a frenzy about how can this happen you know we don't value our players highly enough No, you know is, is there maybe a chance that we're undervaluing Wes half a million i mean don't get me wrong i agree i don't think he is of the required standard to play for rangers i think he's a decent keeper i think wacom's a, de- a decent player i just don't think he had a strong enough mentality to play for rangers and i, I think I, I don't say that as a slight on the boy i I think there are only very few people that can play for clubs like Rangers and Celtic and all these sort of top clubs, where the expectations are unrealistic. There's no other word to put it. It is you have to win. And if you don't win, you're, you, you know, you're getting dogs If you, salary. McCoy used to say they don't even give you one, one lost game. They give me one missed chance and then that's it. The, sort of, the stick starts coming from the stands. I think it takes a certain type of character to put up with that and, and, and perform under that sort of pressure. And I don't think Wycorn was able to do that, and I don't think Wes is either, but I don't think that necessarily makes him a bad goalkeeper. So is there a chance that we're undervaluing Wes? You know, is there a chance that if he goes for half a million, as you're su- suggesting, Stephen, that he goes down south? And even if he ends up in the championship, he could move for three, four, five million further down the line.
2: I think the thing with that is as well, is that the prices down in England are, are absolutely crazy. Do we undervalue our players in terms of their market? Certainly. Do we undervalue them for what they're really worth? I don't think we do. Um, I don't think that Wes Fodringham is worth two or three million pounds. I think he's worth half a million, a million at most. I think he's a good, decent goalkeeper who saves shots you would expect. Aside to that, I don't think there's much, much there that, that would make him a, a two, three million, four million pound goalkeeper. Um, Wycorn was a criminal piece of business by, by Rangers last summer. Um, more to do with the manager just simply wanting him out the door. We got less than 200,000 for him. There's no sell on clause. And it's, that's a particularly poor piece of business, especially for somebody like Wycorn. I think that would have flourished under Gerard. A different kind of mentality and character. Pedro wanted his own players in there and selling Waghorn for me was a mistake, even if he's quite actually a similar position to to what Morelos is in at the moment. He had a a great start and then hit the kind of barren run that Morelos is looking low in confidence and things. But I think that that Waggy was strong enough to turn that round. So I was disappointed in that. Um, But I suppose it just depends on on the manager and, and what you... What you can produce for him, obviously, Pedro was just wasn't interested. But going off on a tangent slightly, do I think we undervalue our players? Then I mean, sometimes we do. But in, in terms of ways, no. I mean, I think if if we were to get half a million seven hundred fifty thousand with sell on clause, I would I would think that that's quite reasonable business for Rangers.
0: Sure, Stephen mentioned Greg Doherty there. Uh I don't know how you felt, I, I was really disappointed to hear that Rangers were looking to put him out and loan, I, I, there are obviously aspects of the boys game that, that he needs to work on, I always felt his distribution was a wee bit ropey, I thought his reading in the game was really good, I thought he anticipated a lot of things, broke the play up well, and to me it looked like one for the future, so I was really, really disappointed to see, you know, that they're, they're looking to move him out and loan at the moment, especially when you consider and again, I don't want it to be horrible, but someone like Andy Halliday, whose performances in the last year or so have been have been really poor, is still sort of uh, appears to be a, a you know he's going to stay at Rangers at, at this present moment in time. So how, how did you feel about that? I, I, Greg Docherty really really disappointed that he's getting moved on.
1: Aye, I don't think we'll see any young Scottish players. Um struggle at the club when they come in. I mean, especially when we spend £600,000 on them. Just to go back slightly to, to what you were talking about um, in the last few minutes, I, I think we do undervalue our players. I think that unfortunately it's a symptom of over the last two or three years, we were changing manager every six to 12 months and we're making huge squad changes. It's teams that, 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 that don't have to do that. They can, they can allow players to sit in the fringe for a while and try and make money. something like um, like Wes or uh, Cardozo you can see right they're not going to game but we still rate them at a a decent amount of money so we can stick them out on loan or and try and get uh, and hopefully they'll do well on the loan club and and, and sort of retain some of their value I mean I think Wes Fodenham is worth a lot more than 500,000 maybe it's a goalkeeper's union I don't know but I I, I don't think he did a huge amount wrong in his time um, in the first team I don't think he was Hugely impressive at times. I think he was a bit suspect for long distance. However, I think one of the things Wes had, um, or one of the big positives, he was really good with the ball at his feet. I appreciate some Ranger fans probably disagree. He might be bit took a bit too much time on the ball. Um and was probably too confident at times, possibly is the argument there. But I think it, I think he does have qualities that, that are worth um putting out there if you want him to sell him. And it's I think it's a bit strange. What's happened to Wes in the last uh, two to three months, actually? Um, clearly, Gerard Disney not which is fine, but um, to have him sort of not involved at all with the first team, um, and it's, it seems a bit, a bit strange and and uh, a bit disappointing. Um, it's, as I say, it's, it's a hard one. I think if you need to get get new players in and every new manager wants effectively once wants new players then you have to move guys on you have to try and move them quite quick. So that means you're going to take a a bath um on on some people. So I think we've seen that already. I mean but this this is where we have a football administrator, um Andrew Dixon, and you have a, a, a chief executive managing director and Stuart Roberts. and These guys should be making the most of any transfer fees that we get for players and and making the least of any fees that we pay I mean I think some of the signings in the last year I mean Carlos Peña um, Eduardo Herrera you've got Cardozo I think I'm sure he was about a million pounds and you, all these guys are going to leave for free it's a nonsense and uh, that's, I think somebody has to take responsibility for this somewhere along the line it's okay you know, say I'm manager A or manager B and that's fine but if, if, if you're on the board then you should say right, hold on a minute just to be a good manager, let's work with the players you've got and show that first before we, we throw £10 million at you. I
0: would agree with that. I mean, certainly I, I felt someone's head should have ruled for the, the appointment of, of Pedro and, and everything that followed and, and Peña and all the rest of it. All those players that we brought in, you know, it's, 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 just, it's just chucking good money after bad. You know, and, and you make a valid point that because we've been so unsettled over the last three, four years, new appointments practically every summer. You know, when someone else comes in, they want to do it their own way and then we're, we're letting players uh, go for, for next to nothing, players that we've spent good money on. Going back to Docherty, though, i I, I genuinely really disappointed for the boy. I, as I said, I thought, he, I thought he looked like he could be a really good player for Rangers and that may still happen, but you would have to say that if someone comes in and their first idea is to put you out on loan, especially when you were, you know, you, you've made a few appearances for the club, then I, I think it—I don't think it bodes well for the boy. And, and part of me wonders if it's got anything to do with this incident in the dressing room after the semi-final defeat. You know, obviously Lee Wallace is—he's is, persona non grata. Greg Docherty seemed to fall out of things after that game as well. I just wonder if if if, if anything's sort of linked to that. I know I'm speculating there, but it just seems odd that he's 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 so quickly sort of disappeared from the uh, from the picture. So yeah, disappointed, but we'll take it from here.
2: If I could just say on that on um, Docherty, um nothing happened with Doc in the the semi final in the um, in the dressing room. He had a, a bit of an argument with Maria. Um, there was a nonsense report which ended up the club got an apology for saying that he was involved in a, a scuffle in the tunnel which is absolute nonsense. Nothing happened. Um, so I, I actually I actually know Greg's best mate um, and that was one of the things I asked him and it's, it's nothing to do with that. Greg's future at Rangers has been assured. They're just basically looking at game time and they don't want him stagnating. They actually took him out of the squad towards the end of last season to protect them and get them fully fit for this year. And they've decided the best course of action is a loan move and they're looking at a short-term, six-month loan move. Sunderland looked odds-on at the end of last week there, um, in the middle of last week, sorry, but they have walked away from the deal. Subsequently, Jack Ross said they were never interested, which is a nonsense, but we just need to wait and see, wait and see what happens with Greg. I think it's more a case of, like I was saying before, or top heavy and midfield are similar, and if he wants another body in there, which I suspect he might, then other people have got to move either short term or long term. Greg's one of the casualties in that. I don't think it's the end of, of Greg Doherty's Rangers career. I think it's basically just we'll get you out, we'll put you out, and we'll bring you back. Hopefully, you'll, you will have progressed as, as we expect you to.
0: Our final topic for tonight, we'll have a wee look at some of the 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 off-the-field stuff, which unfortunately has dominated uh, the sort of headlines surrounding Rangers. for far too long now, you know, it's been six, seven years or whatever it is now. Feels like we're getting to the end of it, but there's there's two pretty big things going on at the moment. Obviously Sports Direct, we had the Hummel announcing the the new kits. (laughs) Too much controversy. And then Sports Direct have sort of taken the club to court, and there's now a ban on the kits being sold at the moment, where it all goes through the sort of legislative process. Sure. Uh, how much longer do you think this is going to go on for? Because it does feel like it's. I mean, Rangers paid, I think, three million last year, and you kind of think at that point, I've paid three million. Sports Direct have been compensated. Can you see an end to this? Because it's, it's, it's starting to nip my head, if I'm being honest.
1: No, unfortunately not. I think uh, King and Ashley um, are clearly you not know, the best of friends. So I think uh, any time one or the other can can uh, make the best of any sort of legal jargon, uh, I, I think they'll make the, the most of it. And uh, the the cats and the retail deals just seems to be uh, an ongoing, omni-shambles, To be honest, uh, it's I, I don't understand how you can pay three million pounds one year to sort of get yourself out of contract and then a few months later or a year later, we're, we're still on the same contract and still arguing the same stuff in court. It seems to be a bit of an own goal um, on, on our side, uh, as much as I hate Ashley, as much as any, most Ranger fans hate Ashley. Um, if we've left a, a back door and a contract for him to take, he'll open the door and walk right through it because it's his own company. Obviously, I've lost money recently um, and he'll be trying his best to, 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 to make up any pennies back he can through Rangers and certainly through Dave King. Uh, so, yeah, it's a bit of disappointment. I think uh, the, the Hummel kits look pretty nice. Um, I, I, in a Rangers fan I've spoken to likes all three of them. So uh, I think it's a shame we kind of get them uh, in the shops, get them sold and, and start making money for, for everybody uh, concerned. But unfortunately, um, Ashley, obviously he wouldn't be making money. So that's why he's, he's uh, standing firm. Stephen,
0: we've also had the other issues as well with the 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 court ruling on King for the from the takeover panel. Now it sort of give it can get a bit the, the waters can get a bit muddy in this. So I'll just kind of go over the, the, the sort of state of play we're we at at the moment. You know, King was sort of effectively given a final warning by the highest court in the land that he has to make an offer to other shareholders, which will total around eleven million. Uh, If he doesn't do that, he could possibly face a contempt of court hearing uh, at the behest of the takeover panel, although he's faced this sort of stuff before and and in a different situation and and won his case. However, this this does seem, you know, Lord Bannantyne and his ruling was was quite abrupt and, you know, stated in no uncertain terms that that King has to make this share offer, you know, or else. David King's arguing that he's got the money in South Africa, and that South African authorities won't release the money, and that the, the takeover panel and the court have been unreasonable. Now, the possible implications for Rangers are, are you know, are fairly big. You know, one if, if King c- can complete the offer, that means you'll have a, a sort of control and stake in the club. If he can't get this money out of South Africa. And the takeover panel, you know, they say, well, you've not done what we've instructed you to do. The sort of word is that it, it could result in a, a, a period of uncertainty for the club. And that the six million share offer that, that was that, that was sort of being proposed, that's going to be the first casualty. So, you know, although it's sort of background noise, and I always try and focus on the football, it seems like it could be a sort of major issue for the club. And, and one that could impact on our, our, our ability to move forward, you know, should should we be worried about this ruling?
2: Difficult question. I think, yeah. <clears throat> I think the most important kind of point here is that the issue that I've always had with Dave King is, is not anything that he does. I feel that he always tries to do the best for Rangers, but King's got a certain way about him that if he feels in any way like he's backed into a corner or he's been forced to do something, he simply won't do it and he becomes his obtuse and difficult as as possible and I think unfortunately what we are seeing here is that King feels that he's in the right, he feels that he's been forced to do something, he feels maybe that he's even been bullied to do something and he and he will simply do it when he's good and ready regardless of the apparent consequences it's okay saying that, and he, and he said this before and he said it in his statement last week that to Rangers fans that it's a non-consequence for the club and it's got nothing to do with the club. Well, unfortunately it does um, because whether King likes it or not, Dave King is now hand-in-hand hand with Rangers. So if, if he's going to be blackballed or if he's going to be cast aside by London then and by the, the shares and share um, market and stuff like that, then that has a direct consequence on us because we are looking to do a share issue. What I suspect will happen is that King will leave it as long as he possibly can, and then we'll suddenly find that the money's been moved and, and the offer has been made. Um I don't I don't think there's there's any issue with the money not being there. The money's ring fenced by the lawyers and things like that. So that's not the issue. I think that Dave King's just quite stubborn in that if he ever finds himself in a position like this, as we've seen with Ashley ease deals, etc. He just simply doesn't back down. It's very much his way or the highway. So, yeah, I mean, see, to be honest, it's a bit of a nonsense in that we could really do without all this. One thing that we knew from from the the previous occupants that some of the litigation that they'd got us in um, to do with Sports Direct and things like that, it's going to be impossible. But Dave King also has a. a a care of duty for the club as well and there's sometimes I think he just he doesn't realize that it's just negative headlines and negative for Rangers this is something that he he really has to sort and he has to sort it quickly because none of us want it rumbling on and nobody wants the possible consequences of of King being blackballed and what that will mean for Rangers it's right him saying one thing but in reality this is is a big issue for Rangers and it's something that he has to sort it's something I think he will sort but it also annoys me that he's not done it already What about
0: yourself Stuart are you you fearful about this business with King and the the takeover panel ruling?
1: I don't think I'm fearful about it I think just what Stevie says I think I'm I'm bloody annoyed about it I think um, as much as we've got a lot to thank Dave King for in the last uh, three or four years I think uh, this nonsense with the takeover panel isn't one of those things I think he constantly talks about having his his, um, his eyes taken off the ball through litigation, um, and to be fair to him, there's some of these things he's done a great job with. Um, Ashley, in part, uh, the SFA and the SPFL recently, he seems to be doing quite well. So, I, th- I think we, we can't be overly um, critical or or frustrated when when. Sometimes it, it doesn't come off for him, but I think with the, the takeover panel, it's, it's not working. I think um, I think anybody that's uh, fair-minded would, would appreciate there was a concert party. And I think, um, I think the quicker he can pay or make the offer, uh, the better for all concerned. I think it's better for the, the club. I think it's better for his own reputation. And um, I think it's one less thing for fans and for him to spend his time on talking about. So just get it done, Dave, and let's uh, let's move forward on the more important matters. Right, we'll quickly move on to
0: the Sevco of the week. See if I've got anything from the world of Twitter or anywhere else that's worth having a giggle at. Uh, Stephen, I believe you've got one from this week.
2: Yeah, it comes from the absolutely brilliant website um, Twitter. It- Dale meltdown
0: oh, right. um, aye, aye, aye.
2: and they to have, be fair
0: that, they are the source of most of our material to be- <laughs>
2: yeah <they're, laughs> indeed um, is a must follow I think if you're a Rangers fan on Twitter but they have their one this week which really made me laugh was Sevco haven't paid an outstanding debt and their travel partner has stopped all arrangements until it's settled I thought that was comedy gold
0: was this Thomas Cook
2: that's what they're alleging <laughs> we haven't we haven't paid Thomas Cook so <laughs> They're not dealing with us and that's why we've not made any trips to Macedonia or Croatia.
0: Right. <laughs> Aye. Aye. If, if, if anyone out there isn't following uh, Kerrydale Meltdown, I would recommend it. They, they, they sort of, on a daily basis, they give, you, they give you a giggle.
2: Definitely a fantastic website for a laugh. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> that's about all we've
0: got time for this week. Uh if you've enjoyed listening to the JazzNet podcast by all means please share it on twitter and facebook and all those other social medias yeah uh, we would be much appreciate that get the word out there a big thanks to stuart for joining us and for steven stepping in at the last minute and in, in place of ross i hope ross is feeling better he's pulling a sickie he's at it hangs away at the pub yeah uh, thanks to our audio engineer graham who will turn the the beef stew that we've just produced into beef bourguignon. And When's the next podcast, Stuart? I'll bring you in just now. What's happening are we on a weekly basis? Yet or are we still fortnightly?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think we'll be back by popular demand. So I think we'll be back on next. Uh, well, we'll be recording next again next Sunday. Uh, so right. yeah, back back to a our weekly our weekly um a weekly pod. Back by popular demand. I like
0: that, Stuart. I like that. Uh, In the meantime, if you're looking for any sort of Rangers-related news or chat, get yourself onto Jersnet and the forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Lots of fun on there, lots of good chat, lots of good articles. Also check out Stephen's blog, Four Lads Had a Dream. That's usually filled with, you know, rumour and counter-rumour and inside info. Lots of great stuff on there. So in the meantime, thanks for listening and we'll see you all next week.